you. of Sounder Scuttlebutt. This is your host, Aaron Lingley, and always, I'm with your president, Cameron Collins. How's it going, buddy? How's it going? Going well. Uh, I unfortunately was not there today. I was, and I'm still hyped. I'm still hyped. That was a big win. That was a game that looked like we were going to tie, that uh, suddenly everything changed and we won big time. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I wish I was there. Unfortunately, my daughter's sick. Um, thankfully it's not COVID. We got the PCR yesterday, but it's raining. I'm home midday. Got work tomorrow. Kids sick. Just stay home. So that's what I did, but it's still a blast. I watched the second half with her. So my two year old, that was great. And of course we're recording a day of game. It is Sunday. Uh, what is, what is the date today? The 15th. 15th. Yeah. It's, and it's a blood moon lunar eclipse tonight happening right now. I believe Ooh. no one can see it because we're in blood the moon. What was the Pearl Jam song? Super Blood Wolf Moon took her away yeah, too soon. Yeah, it's after my time with Pearl Jam. Dude, you, do, you don't records. like you don't like you don't like Pearl Jam anymore. Um, I think they're good. I don't seek them out, but uh, I think they hold up okay. They don't hold up as well as Nirvana, which are like amazing pop songs. Did you hear what um happened to Matt Cameron? He got COVID. Yeah, and they brought that high schooler from Livermore on to play. That was did, did you so see the clip? Cool. Yeah. Uh, for those listening that don't know, the, the drummer uh, from Pearl Jam got COVID, and so they had a high school kid come in and play their show with them. Can not the whole show. Him? He just came oh, up just for like one. an encore. Yeah, they oh, okay. had uh, numerous uh, previous ba- uh, like a former drummer of the band. Uh, God, off the top of my head, I can't think of the other one. Some other like Seattle well, bands. He, but... he rocked the, the song I saw, so... Yeah, man, I can't imagine, even if you knew the song well, to get up on stage and have, like, just ignore the butterflies. Anyway, I digress. I love Pearl Jam. Um, I seek them out. Um, Shoot, are you drinking? Are you drinking? Am I drinking? I'm drinking. I I, uh, did not have the opportunity to go to the store, so I'm finishing off my uh, stable of Bud Light Seltzers. And this is uh, Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Orange Soda. Which is amazing that this orange soda has 100 calories in it, which is less than if I drink a can of real orange soda, and it tastes the same but has alcohol in it. So that's, that's more what's fun. up. It's yeah. more fun. Um, so my beautiful wife was driving <sighs> down Ever- Evergreen Way, got me a beverage. She was like, hey, this place looks awesome for your show if you ever want to get some non-Bud Light seltzer beer. No offense. Um, so she went into a place called, it's like the... Grape and the, no, the now I'm doing horrible. It's not like they're paying us. Uh, it's like the grain and vine, I think is the name of the place. So okay. beer, beer and, and wine. Right. Um, and she went in for me because she wanted to get herself some seltzes and she got me windfall citrus IPA from Bainbridge brewing where I, uh, have had my formative years, middle school and high school in Bainbridge. So I was like, hell oh, yeah, nice. get that Bainbridge one. And so I'm reading the can here. I'll try to summarize this. 
It's called Windfall, right? So apparently, five, six years ago, maybe longer, they had, there was a huge windstorm in Bainbridge, and a tree collapsed and destroyed one of their IPA batches. And most of it, like, was, like, recover. They could recover it, but it was, you know, damaged, whatever that means. I'm not a brewmaster. But they just added a little bit of grapefruit, and it, like, just brought this IPA back to life. So they called it Windfall because Windfall means an unexpected gain or piece of good fortune. Mm. Ah, so the wind cool. caused stuff to fall, and then it created a windfall by creating yeah. new beer. Yeah, so let's pop that know, open. Here's, here's, here, I get that sound effect for y'all. Oh, Ooh, pretty. Another t- sound of victory right there. Now, while you're pouring that, I do want to say I did have some Washington beers today because I went and hung out with all of the away support at Wonderwall. Uh, it was members of Wonderwall, members of Red Loons, like just a bunch of different uh, supporter groups. I went and hung out with all, all the Minnesota away supporters before the match because they come to Flat Stick which is, you know, where, where people come and hang out with us. So mm-hmm. uh, I did have yeah, a Winston Asian pear cider. I had a, a sour ale pink guava, um, and I had a Paradise Creek huckleberry pucker. So uh, I had uh, from Pullman. So I had a, a, a beer from Pullman, a beer from White Salmon, and a cider from Woodenville. So I, I got around Washington State today. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give you that then. Yeah, this is delicious, man. IPA, you say? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And Gordon, I love like pretty much every IPA, but a grapefruit. Hello. All right. Yeah, Bainbridge Brewing, Windfall IPA. Give it a shot. Yeah. So how you feeling after after the big match today? After you know Gracie being sick? Oh shoot! After your daughter being sick? We probably don't want to say her name. Yeah, it's uh, fine. Okay. Um, We're not that big yet. Dude. <laughs> we don't have anyone seeking me out. How you feeling um, though tonight? You feeling you feeling good about the Sounders' position in in the league and and how we're playing? Because going into this game, we the Sounders the had five losses. Last year, the entire season, we had five losses in the regular season. So, what did you think coming in? Were you stoked for this game? Or were you a little worried? Um, I think we kind of mentioned it in our last one, right? Or maybe it was when we were on that Dynalytics podcast. Oh yeah, definitely go check out Dynalytics, the uh, Dynamo podcast. We appeared on their episode for the upcoming match at the Houston Dynamo on Wednesday. Yeah, and I will, uh, I'll definitely link their their show tweet uh, in the description, but I'll I'll retweet it too, just because it'd be great to get some perspective uh, for Dynamo um, as we approach them in a few days. But I don't recall if it was in, in our last show or theirs where I said I'm just not. I'm not concerned even at all. Mm. Yeah, we have the same amount of losses as we did all of last year. Yeah, that's that's crazy to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, we know why we're here, um, or at least where we were before kickoff, right? We knew what, what the reason was. It's not because we have a bad team. Uh, far beyond that, we have the best team. <laughs> so we just don't have to worry about any more distractions. So I would be more concerned if this was a loss, maybe even a draw, um, depending on how that draw played out. And as you said, we were looking like we were heading towards that. But the fact that not only did we win, but we added a fun little cherry on top by, of course, Ladero, right? <laughs> so was it Ladero? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, brain fart. No. Um, 
Can I take us back to our last episode real quick? Are we getting yeah. into this? So I, I want to yeah. talk about J underscore SSFC, who asked us who is going to replace JP. Well, we have the answer. It's Obed. It's it's basically who we thought of it really would do it. He stepped up today and played most of the game. I think the only reason they took him out was he had a yellow card. So mm-hmm. Obed is the one who's stepping in, and we're seeing uh, Rusnak play a more like center mid position. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you the the credit on that one. You you picked Obed. I get some credit because yeah, who did he get sub by, and who's probably going to be starting in that position because Obed got that yellow card, and now he cannot play against Houston. So oh, Kellen really? Rowe, did he get that? Was enough to get suspended? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which with CCL, I mean, I knew he played a lot in CCL, but I guess I just really wasn't really paying attention to the MLS games I was watching. I didn't know he had that many yeah. MLS minutes to get that many yellow cards. Yeah, right? I guess so. So Kellen, Kellen, you're right. Kellen stepped up, and then we saw the return of Joss Atencio mm-hmm. to, yeah, to MLS. Kind of things up. You know, we saw him at the U.S. Open Cup. I don't know if we really talked about that last episode because we kind of glossed did, over it. But... I, we did at the very end. Yeah, was, yeah. So he, he was a big uh, boy in person. Uh, and I talked to him after the game. He walked past, and I was like, "Hey, man, it was good to see you on the field." And he was like, "Appreciate it." So oh, he, <laughs> his boy, his voice is a, a grown ass man voice now too. Damn. He's gone through puberty as he's been a sounder. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to just uh, to answer your question more directly uh, is that I'm, I'm I wasn't really too worried unless there was a poor result and uh, mm-hmm. there wasn't one. How 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 were you feeling going into this one? I don't know. It felt off in the stadium. It felt like we were still on a CCL hangover. You know, mm-hmm. like there weren't that many fans at the bar beforehand. Like it was practically empty, half full maybe in the front room. Um, you know, the regulars were there and the Minnesota fans were there, but that, that was about it. And so fans weren't really going. Of course, it would start at a 1 p.m. start on a on, Sunday. So in the I rain. think that's tough for people in the rain. Uh, you know, that meant I had to be there. At, I got there around 945 to set up inside the stadium at 10. Uh, so it was uh, I was there early. I'm, I'm You hated that. Oh, it's awful, man. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a morning person anymore, so. Uh, getting up that early, especially after, you know, a late night uh, on Friday night, which uh, carries over through the weekend because you and I attended the Rave Gala, that was the, so cool. the big auction, and we got to hang out, and you made Garth Lagerway and Adrian Hanauer laugh. I did, dude. That's the <laughs> highlight of my life right now. We were, I got, dude, I, I don't got know to... how you got our table or if they had anything to do with it, hey, but I was, I was literally... That's Probably how I roll. Second closest That's person how to Garth I roll. Yep. So uh, it was super fun. And uh, they made the big announcement, which we've teased on this show, but Adrian talked about it there, which was that the fans are going to build one of the mini pitches or uh, raise the money for one of the mini pitches that the Rave Foundation is doing. So it's going to be strictly the Alliance and the Alliance Council are going to put that together. And we, we got to raise um, $50,000, I want to say. Some some big chunk of money by the end of the season. So uh, keep an eye out for that Sounders fans, because even if you're just going to donate five bucks, that's, that's helpful. If every mm-hmm. season ticket holder donates five bucks, we have enough to to build three of the fields. So for, for the size we're doing, not the big ones that they're doing for other. Well, stuff. as you come up with, you know, fundraising options for people, uh, speak into that microphone that's in front of you while we do Absolutely. this, obviously. And well, I know you'll be tweeting the hell out of it being who you yeah. are, but. Yeah, also we'll, we'll be sure to let you all know. FC, be sure you follow Grail FC. We are building a field in Haiti 
So oh, that's really? going to be super fun too. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a big bigger project, um, but uh, we that's going to I think raise the money this year. The building is going to start next May, take about three months, and then we're hoping into summer to get some former Sounders players to come down and train the kids down there in Rankeet. So uh, are you going? Be, oh yeah, I'll, I'll probably yeah, go in yeah. May and then it, and in July or August as well. So it is May. Uh, next May, year from now. Oh, okay. So we're using this year to raise the funds, and then next year we're going to build a field. It's like, are you going to be able to record from Haiti? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's May. <laughs> they got internet. No, yeah, I'll be able to record. I'll even be able to record in uh, August when I'm on the road most of the month. Yeah, that'll so be actually that'll be kind of fun. That'll be uh, like you're, you're like a road correspondent for this. Yeah, up. I'll be checking in from different cities. Maybe I'll maybe I'll catch a Sounders game on the road. I should I should check the schedule and see where they're playing throughout that month because perhaps it'll be on my path south and then east. Yeah, sweet. So, well, should we get into the game? Uh, let's talk about this game because uh, oh, first let me say, as always, Minnesota fans super nice. I walked right up, said hi to them, sat down with them, drank with them the entire time. My buddy Rob was coming, so I knew that one of their fans was going to be that that they one guy knew was going to be there. So uh, he's he's a relocated Minnesota fan, Red Loons uh, supporter group guy who lives up in like uh, Port Towns, one of those port cities up north. So uh, he came out, and it was just fun. You know, I think Minnesota people are like nicer Seattle people. They're Seattle people without the passive aggressiveness. That that will say so, hi to you on the sidewalk. Yeah, so it yeah, was cool to hang out with them, and they're not they're not our enemies. And of course, you know, I I appear on that Loons podcast regularly. Hot on you, so, Loons. So yeah, shout out to them. I don't know if I'm going to make it because they're recording tomorrow at five, and my radio show live radio show starts at six. So we'll see. But just shout out to all the Minnesota fans. I think they had 28 people travel, which is you know not a lot, but still that's a, that can be a long way to go to come mm-hmm. watch in the rain. So. Uh, shout out to them for traveling, and uh, you know, we didn't we don't need to root for them during the game, but before and after we can be friends, for sure. And and yeah, they're they're nice dudes too when we were on their show. So or not when yeah. we were on their show when he, um, she's had a loon. Yeah, came on. Yep. Shout out to Sam. So yeah, let's talk about this game because early on, uh, we made a little stupid error that allowed them to score a goal. Yeah, knew who did right. New, new oops. Um, that was a Jekyll and Hyde match too. Just beyond the just the air, I th- I felt like it was. They say open. It was a very open game, but it was like yeah. it was open because we were making uncharacteristic mistakes. And I'm speaking mm. more to the first half, right? Yeah. Um. So that was kind of that was kind of hard to watch. Other than Stephen Fry being just on his head <sighs> of again, again. He he's. I felt like last year. It felt like maybe he was dropping off a little bit, and this year he's come in. Maybe it was just recovering from the injury, right? Like yeah. this year he's back in full force, making those amazing saves because he had some beauties today. He is, he's just prime form. I, I've, I've never seen this consistently good, and he's been. I think I think he's the best keeper. And now St. Clair, though, that was I was really impressed by him today, and yeah. from what he's, I didn't know that he hasn't had that was his first penalty given up. Oh really? Yeah, yeah that's on, interesting. On the broadcast, they mentioned that he was four for four, uh, three saves. And so usually you hear that, and I'm like, okay, so one save and three misses, right? Yeah, three no. saves and one miss, and then he nearly prevented. Uh, yeah, he, he did. Just went over. That's amazing because he, uh, you know, he's not necessarily their regular starter. They were going back and forth between him and Tyler Miller, good old Sounders oh, legend yeah. Tyler Miller, and Tyler had the job, and then he got hurt. 
And then St. Clair came in and he's been so good that they can't go back to Tyler. So it's, you know, he, he's been playing awesome. And uh, somehow we, we found a way to get past him eventually, but we should talk about Jordan Morris. Okay. Jordan Morris could have scored four goals in that game. Yes, he very well could have. He scored zero, but he had chances that if the shots were a little better or if the ball placement was a little better, they're going in. And they even had one off the the, the bar. Like, wow, think about he how different look, that game is if Jordan hits those. He did look uh, a little frustrated when he came out. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And, he, and he 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 tweaked, I think, his groin a little bit on a play where he lunged and ended up in like a long lunging squat on the goal line. I think I recall seeing that I was I, the first half. I was kind of managing my kid a little bit just because she was yeah. a little ornery, which is right going to be ornery for half. one half. Do it for the first half, please. But uh, in right. hindsight, but uh, I do recall him getting up kind of like awkwardly or moving kind of awkwardly in the box for like a corner or a set piece of some sort. And I was like, oh, that's kind of worrisome a little bit. And in the rain, yeah. whenever anyone someone's like laboring a little bit, you don't want it on the rain. Not on that kind of pitch, but yeah, um, weird first half. Uh, yeah, it was open, but the mistakes were a plenty, and Nuhu's was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, he had the ball at his feet and just flubbed it. Yeah, now I don't, I don't think I've seen him do anything. That was kind of Ariaga esque from like two years ago, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, which totally. by the way, his his um yeah, interception. Yeah, you see that from he. Jumping backwards, he barely, yeah. barely got that. Barely that, got it. So that would have been Ariaga s two two years ago by missing it and giving up a goal. But that was impressive. yeah, yeah. And we and we had another play where um, I think it was when Rowe was playing center defensive mid for a little bit, and uh, he didn't. They didn't get the ball back, uh, and he went to the opposing team, and he didn't foul when he probably should have, knowing he would have gotten a card. And then they had a, a, a three-on-two breakaway. And there's no excuse for Minnesota not challenging Fry on that play. Like, that was embarrassing for them because that that very well easily could have been a goal but off that mistake by uh, Rowe. And it wasn't Rowe's mistake that there was a breakaway. It was his mistake for not fouling not him in the breakaway. Yeah. yeah, no, we got lucky there. The guy, I, was it um, their Ariaga, I think? Yeah. That, that kind yeah, of I think, didn't that make who, the right decision. Did they show it on TV afterwards? Is that who Ariaga traded? Because I saw Ariaga traded jerseys with someone. I was wondering uh, if he traded with their Ariaga. Well, I don't. I don't know because my recording stopped. Uh, oh, that's and this, right. And it's not even Comcast. It's YouTube TV, which is pretty intuitive when it comes to sports, like extended recording and stuff like that. But it stopped at uh, three plus. So I didn't. I actually was like, oh, two one, okay, great, and shut the laptop and checked on the kid a little bit, and then I was like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And while I was uh, doing doing the deed. I check my phone, just be like, okay, what if we tied, right? So I'm just yeah. going to look at it, and I'm like, 3-1. So I immediately looked at the highlights um, mm. and, and was able to see Ladero's goal, but I didn't get to see any of the post-match field. Mm. And, and TV usually doesn't show that anyway, right? It goes right to the booth and, that's true, and whatnot. That's true. So if, if he did, well, that, look- that's the right person to trade jerseys with, the I and the E. Yeah, right? It's the only difference. <laughs> so uh, let me talk about the first half a little bit then, since you were a little occupied. Because after mm-hmm. that goal... It felt like we had a bunch of chances and we were the more goal-dangerous team, even though they got – I mean, from the start of the game, they were getting corner after corner after corner, which mm-hmm. usually means that they're dangerous, but they weren't really – except for that the the goal, which was Second a mistake, front. and then 
and then the one big save by step, they weren't testing him. It was our defenders, like our back line was clearing every single ball that came in there, but rather than clearing it up the field directly to their def- their players like we tend to do, they were just kicking it out of bounds to be safe. Yeah. And so they were allowing corners and resetting. And so I don't, you know, I don't love giving up a corner, but I would rather them clear the ball out for a corner and reset and get everyone in position to try and stop it rather than kicking it back and letting them have a chance to push forward when not everyone's there. Yeah, I so, did notice that. Yeah, so you know, it was it was an interesting first half. We were down one nothing at halftime, but it didn't feel like it felt like we were the slightly better team, but a tie probably would have been warranted at the half. It was just our stupid gaff that made it a one nothing game. Yeah, and they had Schmetzer on, which I love. When I just love when he speaks uh, on camera anyway, because he's such the weird, cool uncle. But he basically says like, "Yeah, I'm not too worried. They know they know what was wrong. They they made some mistakes. Uh, they're a little rusty. They haven't played for 11 days, right? As a yeah. as a whole, he didn't say this part as a whole cohesive unit though. They haven't." played together for 11 days which isn't an, an excuse um in no. my opinion but it is reality that it's just yeah that's the case so he wasn't concerned either and i would always love to be a, a fly on the wall and in, in the locker room but especially at halftime when smash when we're down or or knowing we could have played better because there always just seems to be a different sounders team unless we've just dominated the first half there's always a different Sounders team that comes out of that Schmetzer locker room from, from halftime. And sure enough, it happened again, right? Three, nothing second half. So um, he wasn't worried. I wasn't really too worried, but yeah, we definitely looked the most dangerous. It was just kind of what, what, what are are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) And clearing it out for another corner over and over and over again, like you were saying, that keeping the ball in their attacking third, regardless if it's possession or set pieces, is a pressure cooker. You mm. keep doing that, you're going to give one up inevitably. So that creates anxiety in me, <laughs> and yeah, that's what, what was it. most annoying. So, um, but you saw like Yamar. There was one play where he blocked two straight shots, and then it cleared out to another player who shot, and then Fry got it. And I just, I just the whole game watching Yamar win those headers and just being so solid in the back. Uh, it just made me so happy to see him back there and healthy and, and playing well and, and playing well. Um, of course, we didn't mention, of course, uh, favorite of the show. Jackson Reagan was the only player that was out with injury today. Besides JP, obviously uh, who couldn't be there. So Reagan was out on the uh, health protocol list, which I think uh, means he got COVID I'm guessing. So uh, he, he couldn't play, but uh so that's why we did see Ariaga and um, Yamar out there. Despite them being our starters, I feel like Reagan had been stepping up into that spot a lot. You think they, you think Reagan would be starting if he's available over Ariaga? I don't think he'd start, but I think they would have subbed him in probably. I think they would probably played a little differently because you could move you could move uh, you know a different player up to center defensive mid. You could put more defenders or, in the back. Or so move. later in the game. Okay, we, I mean, we did. He wasn't even available, so we don't have to go that far. But I, I think I was like, why would you sub a def, a center back? But it's no, like I actually just to, to shore up, you can move Nuhu out left to go to a five man back yep. line, and then exactly. have Reagan in there. So yeah, okay, I agree with you there. Um, okay, yeah. well, hopefully he gets, hopefully he's stays healthy. I mean, I know we're yeah. in a much better place in terms of therapeutics and and the shot, of course. Whether you got it or not, I don't know if he did, but. Um, Still, I think all, all he's he's newer, 
I guess, but all Sounders did have it last year. So oh, really? I would imagine they, they had, yeah. Unlike Mariners the take Mariners. Mariners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish they would. I get my fifth shot tomorrow, uh, which I'm excited about. Most people are go five shots. I didn't even know there was five. Well, here's the thing is because I'm immunocompromised. I just get three shots. I get every three months. I get a shot indefinitely. Really? So three months from now, I'll get my six, three months from the, Yeah. So I just will keep getting it to keep until COVID's a thing of the past, which who knows if it'll ever fully go away. Uh, I'll just be getting shots over and over again. So I'm, I'm excited to get my fifth shot, keep me healthy. I'm, I've done well. I've been exposed a bunch of times, sadly, through games and stuff like yeah. that. And so far, so good. Knock on wood, I haven't gotten it. So. Yeah, well, I just want my kid to get her shot, man. Yeah, so I think we're soon. I think that's close. So, well, we're not the COVID butt podcast. <laughs> Scuttle, COVID scuttlebutt. Oh, so, second half Barely. starts, and five minutes in, like a, we look like a different team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the the heart of this team right now, I, I think it, it's true, is Christian Roldan. Mm-hmm. That guy is he. I don't think he took – I think the stats show that he did. I think a lot of players played well, including Ladero. I think he played really well. Rusneck had some pretty big mistakes, but also some pretty key plays uh, in the game. But Christian Roldan was all over the place again, and he always seems to come up with the play or the plays that get us wins when we don't seem like – other than a penalty kick, no one was getting that ball in the net. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Ladero got at the end, but that was just the end. That's just basically a fluke. Um, yeah. Well, pen- well penalty was first before Rodon's goal. So. Uh, oh, that that's right? what I, that yeah that's what that's what I mean. But he yeah. drew the penalty. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. So he, it was a through ball from Rusnak, and he drew the penalty again. And that was interesting because he was certainly fouled, but mm-hmm. I was almost surprised that they called the penalty because the he was not going to win that ball as it moved forward, the goalie basically had it. But I think the argument could be made that because he was fouled moving forward, he didn't get as good of a touch on the ball as he would have. So yeah, it was probably a penalty, but for, I I was worried. I was a little bit worried about it. Maybe it's my rave green glasses, but I I would have been annoyed if that wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Right. Like more so so than a, like a, what the hell, bro? That was, I mean, maybe you can answer this because you watched it on TV, but in the stadium, it felt like for their goal, which they did go to VAR for, but uh, but then the VAR ref just said no. It seemed like there was offsides on their goal. I actually didn't get a good look on it. I legitimately yeah. was wiping boogers at that moment. I remember, <laughs> I remember specifically trying to pay attention to see if he was offside, but I knew that they they had already called it. So I was yeah. screw it. I don't really care and boogers. So that's not a big. Well, I guess it's a conversation piece that we could have. We're not going to talk about the potential offside no. on that one. Well, what we're going to talk about is Christian Roldan, the first time he gets the ball, cuts it sideways and shoots it from distance, flies over the top. The second time, turns around and just nails that shot for the second goal for the game winner. Like, yeah. that was phenomenal. And that, and And, you know, I think since we're a little bit removed in MLS play, that's the kind of stuff uh, because we hadn't been playing our starters. We haven't seen rolled on doing that. And that's what we need him to do. If he's going to make the world cup squad, he needs to be goal dangerous showing that he can create assists, that he can create goals. And he did both today. 
Well, not he created that. a penalty. He got an assist, and he scored a goal. Yeah, no, he the weird hat trick. Like, I don't know what you would call that, <laughs> but um, the U.S. Men's National Team Twitter account did Ooh. shout him out and show him and and did the highlight. Not that Greg Bearhalter is actually thumbing that Twitter account. No, but, but that that's bold because USMNT Twitter hates Christian Roldan. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You do not want to get into discussions about him or Jordan Morris, but especially him on USA National Team Twitter because, oh, boy, they are. I mean, they're as rational as the pro-rel people. So that's got to be that's got to be a, a Sanders are insufferable thing, though, right? Yeah, I'm sure it is. And also an anti-MLS thing. Hmm. I just, I think I said this in one of our earlier episodes. I just like avoid the social media of the men's national team like a plague and really the news. I like watching the games. I like following our team in that regard, but I I try to keep into the, in the Sounders bubble just when it comes to community and conversation because one, I'm biased. And two, I love all of you guys and everyone else is really freaking annoying because they hate us. So, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I didn't know that. So that does say a lot that they, that they posted that. I just thought it was more of a, well, the coach is going to see that. And so is the nation. So, Oh yeah, no, that was big. I mean, this was a big day for Christian and uh, just, just, uh, did you see who passed it to him since I was at the stadium? I haven't had a chance to watch a replay, but uh, it just seemed incredible the way it might've been Nico. Cause that's who he celebrated with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like Nico's celebrating with everyone right now. It's, it's yeah, he been didn't kind get, of cool. Let me see. He didn't get an assist. There was no assist marked for that. But um... So he might have, maybe he took it away. Because the way he took the ball was he, he had it with his back to the goal and spun and, and just Yeah, he did like a 270, it. right? And, yeah. And I'm like, man, the torque he got on that from not having a, really a run-up on it, right? He was doing, yeah. doing a 270. And... 74th minute, man. Yeah, let's see. Uh, looks like Rui Diaz gets chested up by a defender, loses the ball, and the ball goes free to roll on. Okay. So basically, Rui yeah. Diaz loses possession from a it, basically a tackle, but they, they just basically ran chest to chest into each other, the defender and, and Rui Diaz. The ball just kept going and got to roll on, who made the most of it. God, that is a sexy goal, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, well, I don't pay attention to you now. <laughs> Just, just a beautiful goal that led to a very interesting final, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes because we had, I think, four minutes of extra time or injury time. And uh, it seemed like the Sounders couldn't decide whether they wanted to be goal dangerous or whether they wanted to hold the ball and run the clock. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up because, yeah, I'm like, what are we doing there's, guys. there's a bunch of times where we would run up the field and it would look like we were gonna cross it and then we'd pull back and hold it and i'm fine with that mm-hmm. but then we'd have an errant pass and then they would get a breakaway and it'd be like come on guys choose choose what you're gonna do well yeah if, if you're if you're caught between two minds there like there's that complacency of trying to pull the ball back but not really knowing what you're doing that means just poor communication between you guys you're gonna give up a easy counter attack from the midfield or yeah. you're going to be too aggressive, and if you don't get a like a, a shot that either is saved by the keeper, so that, I mean they can obviously distribute pretty quickly, but you'd rather either get in the keeper's hands or he saves and it goes just to a corner, right? That gives you time to reset or set up for um, a set piece. But they were getting losing the ball in 
the attacking third by being too aggressive. <laughs> and then now there's that three, two you were talking about or mm-hmm. a four, three uh, counterattack by the loons. And I'm like, we don't, we're up two one right now with 20 minutes left. What are we doing? 15 minutes left. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was really kind of freaking out about that a little bit until the end. Um, not so much the, the end with the goal, but because that was actually the right way to do it. They kind of realized, Oh, there are just, there's only what two guys back here and there's only three of us. Everyone else stay back. We'll take care of it. And and they did. <laughs> um, that wasn't so much the whole team moves forward, but I agree. It was a little bit, what the hell guys. Yeah. Eventually, you know, I think we had a, a few great chances near the end and then seeing Nico put it away uh, late. You know, that must've been, that was the last, last play of the game. Actually, I'm pretty sure. They had to have been. Uh, I mean, again, I only saw the the highlight, but had yeah, to have been because we scored and then they took it back and they called it. So, uh, pretty exciting uh, to see just just that late goal, which helps in all sorts of ways because I think it 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 keeps Nico's. Um, not that he had a bad game by any means; he had a great game, but it it keeps him pushing forward. It makes him happy, keeps him on the mm-hmm. score sheet. And what do you uh, think about you know, him not taking the penalty? You know, that was interesting. Uh, I mean, Rui Diaz hasn't scored in the about... MLS, so I think yeah, that might have been so it. I think that was probably why. And he went over and hugged Nico afterwards. So Had to I, think, I think that's what that was about, because usually you're right. It is Nico that takes that. But Rui Diaz took it, and, you know, as we said, the, the goalie got his hands on it, but it was just such a hard kick it went in anyways. Yeah, but, and uh, Keller made a, a comment that I, I kind of agree with, too. It's like I think the moisture kind of helps, too. You know, if that's oh, yeah. dry, sticky glove, not that they're that sticky, but they, they're meant to grip the ball. <laughs> um, when it's a little wet, uh, that might've helped too, but he also put a lot of mustard on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't, sure. you were there. I didn't know this about Nico. We all know Brad Evans is a hundred percent from the spot, but Nico's a hundred percent from the spot. And at like, he's like 15 for 15 or 16 for 16, the most, any MLS players ever. He's the best MLS, MLS player. Because play? yeah. I know his his career, he is something like 92%. So he's definitely missed one in his career because uh, they compared him to Messi and Ronaldo, <laughs> who are like 82 and 78%. Oh, yeah. I think I remember seeing that too. And no, he's like the Steve Nash of uh, the, the free the free kick. Not the free kick, but the penalty spot. I was going to say from the, the, the charity stripe. The charity spot. <laughs> Right. So, you know, know yeah, no, it was awesome. I think, I think um, what ultimately happened was their players were tired and they got a little frustrated and we were able to, you know, you got to think about the kind of teams we've been playing against, you know, teams from Mexico, teams where you have to keep your, like, sure, we've played three less games in the MLS, but we've also played how many, two, four, six, eight, CONCACAF Champions Leagues or 10? However many it was, 8 or 10 CONCACAF Champions Leagues so games and the U.S. Open Cup games. So at this point, we've played a ton of games yeah. compared to a lot of the other MLS teams. So uh, we are far we're, – we're not – we're really fit. We're like mid-season fit. And so to watch them take over that game as, as uh, Minnesota faltered in their energy. And also, uh, I don't know if they showed it on TV, but there was this weird moment where um, Reynoso was refusing to back off from a free kick. Yeah. And the ref yeah. was like, tell him to get back. And he started doing like Italian hands. Like, 
what's you do? What's you mean? Uh, so and then he did it to his on. coach and his coach was like, what's going on? And they were like, he was arguing with Adrian. Heath, so and, I was watching so was, that. That was uh, on Ladera. Very bizarre. Yeah. Ladera yeah, tried was, to take a, a quick free kick and he not only got, which happens all the time, right? You, you stand over the ball, which I, I find yeah. petty and annoying, but he stood over it. But then Nico's holding the ball and he kind of like grabs him by the shoulder. Reynoso yeah. grabs Nico by the shoulder. So the physical kind of like physically trying to prevent him. And, and I think he got a yellow card for that. Um, it was freaking annoying. He definitely got a talking to either way. Well, he had a yellow card for the match. And I think that's from what, what, what it was. Um, but I also heard that he got slapped after the match. Really? And I know he was, I mean, I, the whole match, I was like, man, this guy's a punk. He never really annoyed me before Reynoso, but this match, he was incredibly annoying. And I was like, this guy's a punk, isn't he? And what, and does anyone have any information of what happened after the match? Cause I've heard, that like, did he get slapped? And people were like, yeah, I think so. But there's no any no no content about it. But um, I digress. If we find if you find something about it, then speak up. But there is. You said that they were frustrated. The loons, Adrian Heath. This is from a uh, St. Paul reporter, Andy Gretter. I hope I'm saying that right. But either way, he's like after three one loss uh, on Sunday, manager Adrian Heath was as fired up as he's been in years. Quote, I'm sick to death in coming here, playing like we do. Last thing we need to be doing is giving them opportunities by stupidity. We continually keep doing it. Ouch. Man, wow. if Schmetzer said that, stupidity. If Schmetzer said that, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and granted, I mean, they, had, they haven't even tied here, <laughs> so I get it. No, they but... they really struggle in Seattle, and of course, it all culminated with that uh, Western Conference Final where we scored three goals in the final fifteen minutes. Right, but uh, yeah, it's um, you know, Reynoso is one of those players though that does lose his head. We saw it at the match out there too, where he loses his head a little bit and gets out of the game when this guy could be. Uh, a really good player, but uh, I mean he's great. He is a good player. I think yeah. I think he's held back by his behavior. You know, it's it's he's it it it's a more egregious Nuhu. Like I think one of the things that hurts Nuhu, and we love Nuhu, but he's kind of childish. Like you could see him during the game. There was a play where he was kind of arguing with the sideline about whether he could go up for a corner or not, and it's just like. Just do what the coach says and quit arguing, bro. Like, come on. So uh, I, I wonder if that's something that until he's on a team with some, like, older veterans that are, like, world-class level that can put him in his place, that he's not going to change that way. But, it, you know, it hasn't necessarily hurt us. I mean, I would be pretty frustrated, too. This is, like, his third year, right, with the team? Uh, something like no. that. No, no, no. I'm talking about Reynoso. I'm talking about Reynoso. Oh, Reynoso, yeah. Something like three, maybe four. But either way, he's clearly their best player. Uh, He's a phenomenal midfielder. I mean, really, it really is. He had a couple moves on us today that I was like, this guy. Um, But he's never had, I mean, they've tried. Um, uh, Our our buddy, Cheesehead Loon, mentioned it on when he was on our show, but they've tried to get a good, solid nine, right? Striker. That's a DP level. They have a DP level. They don't play him. Espria, I think, is his name, right? Yeah, Espria's been an interesting one for them. It sounds like he, he just had a kid, though, recently. and But also, he hasn't lived up to his DP status. And so there's some trepidation among the fans that 
you know, he's been brought back and he just hasn't, you know, when he first was with the team, he was amazing. And then he just hasn't lived up to it since then. So uh, I, I think some fans are ready to move on for that reason. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, they need. Well, and Reynoso I mean, probably a no, like has to be somewhat frustrated that he doesn't have anyone to give the ball to that actually puts it in the net, you know? Right. But I mean, you won't see Nico at, acting like that, right? Like he's their Nico. That's who he's supposed to be. He's younger. But he's supposed to be that midfield playmaker. Mm-hmm. Nico so, Scott, I mean, Rui Diaz, Jordan Morris, yeah. Christian Roldan. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, it's so good to be a Sounders fan. <laughs> it feels good to be a Sounder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Reynoso got slapped, but... Um, I hope you know, he did. I, I, uh, do you remember last time we played, uh, Nuhu and Adrian Heath got into it a little bit, and I thought they were going to fight on the sideline. Oh, in Minnesota? Yeah. What happened? I, I forget. In Minnesota, or it might have been the last game here. I don't know. They just got in each other's face. A game that we played against them. I just remember that. I, so. I can't picture, I can't even recall Brian ever getting in someone's face. Or no, really Nuhu just, just... got into Adrian Heath's face. Oh. Yeah, new who I did. I do like that they brought on a who knew so that new who and who knew could play. Oh, yeah, you wanted that really badly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's one of my favorite things. It's that's more important than soccer. It's the wordplay. That's more important than soccer. By the way, um, I'm sorry. I know it's completely off, off topic now, but we've you've witnessed two penalty shootouts this week. One I was in mm-hmm. person with you for, but the other one yeah. yesterday. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a rough, rough time for Chelsea but you know third in the Premier League I believe we are right now so isn't there like a match um, left though yeah I mean we're not gonna win it of course yeah, there's well, there's Champions only League. a few left yeah that's what matters getting that Champions League spot and reloading for next year because they did get a buyer from from that and and all that money the the three billion dollars they're paying they're living up to the uh, word that um you know because the government froze that money uh, but it's living up to the word that Abramovich wanted, and uh, it's going to uh, help people who've been injured by the Ukrainian war. The war in Ukraine, I should say. The Russian war in yeah. Ukraine. So um, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a, and that's a lot of money, right? $3 billion can do some good for people that, that have been harmed. I'd prefer them to no longer get harmed. Let's find a way to do that. But, right. uh, you know, at least, at least that's going. Um, you know, I am kind of bummed. Because Lewis Hamilton was going to be the owner of Chelsea, and how oh, amazing would that have been? He? Oh my God, I would yeah, have been a Chelsea Lewis, supporter with you, right? Lewis Hamilton and uh, Serena Williams were in this, the the team that was going to buy them, oh, and then they got outbid last second. Man, that would have been so cool. I know. So, and and uh, the ba- yeah. best drivers of all time, and then the best athlete of all time come right. at me. It, Serena it was, Williams is the truth. <laughs> Yeah, so it would have been awesome. Sadly, they got outbid, but, um, you know, that's okay. They got bought. Now they're going to be able to move forward and actually sell tickets to games because they haven't been able right. to sell any of these to season ticket holders. Uh, they can actually get buses together for fans. They can start doing other stuff. So um, it's it's going to make a huge difference for them. Well, I didn't plan this, but it is uh, you did say new ownership. And that does kind of lead into a listener question we got. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe you want to read read that one off because it is, I mean, shit, the, the segue was serious topic, new ownership. This is a serious topic regarding um, so much new ownership yeah. in general. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Felix is forever at 34 Felix Forever on um, Twitter. Uh, shout out to Craig. Uh, said, um, why does MLS back ownership abusing women and NWSL players in Portland when they ejected a massive racist in Salt Lake? So what he's referring to is they basically suspended and resold. Or they took control of RSL, kicked out the owner, took control, and then Del got Lloyd the Hansen, right? Yeah, after... Um, a lot of the the I mean he, he, racist incident after racist incident, which is why many of the people left who had been there mm-hmm. uh, because they didn't like dealing with him, and and so when they got the opportunity, they jumped ship and went to other teams. Uh, it, it he was removed. So now we have in Portland where it's come out that you know that they own the Thorns and the Timbers, and both teams have had issues. Where Andy Polo, of course, with the um, Domestic violence he he abused his wife. his wife, domestic violence against his wife that was uh, covered up by the team, even though they deny it. Um, and then uh, MLS did a report that basically said, oh, they just were supposed to tell us they didn't do anything wrong, which was total crap. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the coach of uh, Carolina, who it came out, all all the, the you know sexual assault and stuff like that he did against his players. Mm-hmm that had occurred uh, in Portland as well in different contexts. Um, Why do they get to still be there? Um, And to me, well, first, before we talk about that, I just want to send a heartfelt solidarity uh, out with our, our friends in Portland. You know, where we are not, always enemies with the timbers yeah and and this is not a portland bashing segment of our show no No, i mean we mentioned portland a number of times and i just say let's just not even talk about because i don't i don't want it to come across that way if if it's if it's on the field if we're talking about the game i i I hate you right but you are a human being when you leave that when you leave the stadium you're not one then you're there but no i i totally (laughs) i totally agree with you yeah. Yeah, and I lived there over a three-year period. I lived there for a year. I was there ten days a month for three years, and I have lots of friends there. You know, through ISC, uh, you know, we ha- we are very close. We have a lot of the same values. We fought together on the Iron Front against the league. Um, you know, I have much respect for Timber's Army, and to have the fans be going through this is horrendous. And I I wish them only the best of luck in continuing to pressure the league to force a change in their ownership. Um, and I don't know what it's going to take, but but I think here's my answer. The difference between the two is who Merritt Paulson's dad is. Mm. His dad is the former head of the Fed. That is so much money to be kicking away from the league. And there's also probably a lot of other stuff that's been covered up over the years in the MLS too. So if, if it's an outright, like you learn about the racism, they can throw it out and, you know, oh, he's just an old guy, get rid of him. Same thing they did with, um, who's the guy that you own the Clippers? Donald something. I'm blanking on his name now. Yeah. They did the same, they did the same thing to him. So uh, I think it comes down to the owners. The, I mean, they did it in the NWSL, right? They kicked out the spirit owner. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think the owners are willing to go against Merritt Paulson because of what he's built and not and, because and the structure they're of one of the most successful too. teams structure of the league. Uh, you know, the, the money that he can bring in is, is so huge. 
I mean, we know it was uh, Golubson, I think is his name, who was in their front office, was who put forward the, um, who basically sacrificed the Iron Front logo. So that was a Portland thing, and then we all had to fight against it, and we won in that instance. I just don't know if the league's willing to, to do anything here because the money is just so much. That's shitty. He's just so rich. That's what I, didn't I think know, it comes I didn't, down to. I didn't know anything about, I knew Merritt Paulson was Silver Spoon, but I didn't know really anything about his dad. I, oh, I, yeah. I mean, that's like, just my ignorance, but um, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the former United, yeah, former <laughs> United States Secretary of the Treasury. Um, he's got keys to Fort Knox. Know, yeah, he's he's got to be super, super rich. Um, you know, uh, it's crazy. So I just, from 2006 to 2009, he ran the Treasury. Um and he's a, a chairman. He was the chairman and chief executive of Goldman Sachs. So My goodness. you're talking like the wealthiest of the wealthy. Went to Dartmouth, went to Harvard. Um, that's the kind of money they want in the league. And so that's what I'm, I think that they're uh, afraid of is losing that if they kick out Merritt. Because this guy, is, Merritt's so influential. And Merritt doesn't get it. He didn't get it with Iron Front. When they did the thing where the two teams came out together and held the the um, uh, anti-racist, anti-fascist, always mm-hmm. soccer or whatever, the, however they did it, when they did it for both teams. And then uh, at, when they lost that game because both fan bases were silent for the first 22 minutes or whatever it was mm-hmm. at Portland, 33 maybe, um, he went out there and yelled at their fans, you're the reason we lost today. Yeah, I remember that. So this is a petty little rich kid who doesn't understand what's happening and thinks he can get away with everything. And so I feel really bad. Like I can never imagine. I mean, Adrian Hanauer, our owner is obviously rich dude, right? Mm -hmm. Not like that rich, but he's, no, but he, you know, I'm sure he's out of touch on a lot of stuff. I don't know him that well. You know, I, I, I talked to him very briefly on a regular basis. Oh, well, he and I are, are great friends. He laughs at my jokes. <laughs> That's true. He does. He does. No, I talked to Garth way more than I talked to him. Like I talked to Garth most games, I see him and say hi, and we'll catch up for a few minutes. So um, not Adrian, though. So uh, I'm sure to be an owner of a team, you have to be a little bit out of touch. Uh, now, Peter Tomozawa, who's the president of the Sounders, part owner of our team, part owner of the Vegas Knights. Uh, he used to own Swansea and Bournemouth. Um, I did not know he, that. Yeah, he, he he no longer is in one of them now. I don't remember which one. But uh, he, and I think he worked at stuff like Goldman Sachs or one of those companies. He's down to earth. He gets it. Like, that's a dude who knows that soccer is built from the ground up, that you need the groundswell of support from the fans in order to get anything done. And the fans are the most important. And and I think that's been so huge in what we've built, which they don't have in Portland. When their fan base, arguably, and I know our fans will be mad, but if you spend time with them, are one of the most grassroots like organization. I mean, the things that like Ray Foundation is doing, building fields around the city for kids, Timbers Army does that. Mm-hmm. We're not talking like an arm of like a a huge club worth hundreds of millions of dollars. We're talking a supporter group every year is building little fields around for Portland. So uh, they do so much charity work. They're such, you know, off, off the, I just have so much respect for what they're doing and, 
and for what the uh, supporter groups, the Riveters are doing and, um, or the Thorns, excuse me, the Riveters is the supporter group, yeah. uh, that it just feels so bad that this has happened and that for all the work they put into that team, for all their heart, for how much you care about the players, yet you have to support the players, but at the same time are angry at ownership. It's tough. I felt that way with the Mariners for years, but it was never on. It was never something like this, right? There's not right. these kind of allegations against the Mariners, as far as I know. Uh, it was more like they just willing weren't willing to invest the money to create a good team, and so it's like I always support the players in the field, but I hate the GM and the owner of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike now, where I tend to like them, but yeah, I, I just I feel for our Portland friends down south, and I'm not like you. I'm not one of those ones that. Having a good Portland, yeah, you know, I'm happy with them when they miss the playoffs sometimes. Uh, no, they're doing it but perfect ultimately- right now. They're doing it not so much, <laughs> you know, obviously in front office, but their performance on the field. You know, they're they're making some finals to show that they're they're a good, worthy adversary. But they're not winning, yeah. right? They got the one star, and then they miss some. Then they miss some playoffs, which we can say we haven't done. And we we're the best done. team in all of the land. Yeah, I mean, here here's the thing. As we know, it goes Portland wins, Seattle wins, Seattle loses. Portland loses, Seattle wins, Seattle loses. Then we had Portland lose. So this is our year to win. And then we'll lose next year. And then Portland's going to win that next, that second one. And they're going to miss two. They're, they're going to miss the playoffs this year and then probably next year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm cool with that. We should just keep the streak. But you've got to think about the dominance of the Western Conference that is Seattle and Portland. Mm hmm. When was the last time a team not from Cascadia made the You could just say those two because Vancouver's just right. poor dude. I mean, they're <laughs> in last place right now. We, 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 by winning today, we jumped ahead of them. Uh, I wish they did standings like point per game rather than total points so that you could see the actual standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, because right now we are now third to last place, but we still have two games. Vancouver game, has so. 0.8 point game. Uh, well, their PPG points per game is 0.8. Yeah, and what is ours? Uh, 1.11. Right, so we would be much higher up in those standings. With uh, one less game play than they have. Right. Um, yep, because Vancouver is one less. But most of the teams ahead of us have 11 or 12 yeah, about games played. Two, it seems like the majority. There's a couple, yeah, with that played 12. And right, played 10. so with our two games in hand, you win both of those, suddenly we are in sixth place we played nine, in a playoff nine. spot. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, nine, nine as of today. Circle so. back to Seattle. Yeah, we are not in a in a in a bad spot. Well, like on paper, we are, but we know who we are. Are and one point one one out of nine. If we were to play twelve games, we're right. At, we're right in the mix. We're we're at one and a half points per game, probably right there with Salt Lake, Houston, fifth and sixth yeah, spot. Yeah, we're back in we're back in the playoff spot. So these are big games at Houston's a huge game since they are in that fifth spot right now. Uh, I mean, sixth spot. I don't like games this early in the season being huge games, but as we know, uh, dropping an early game can cost you later in the season. So especially dropping five early so. games. <laughs> so, <laughs> turn, I mean, turn it and, around. And wow, Dallas with one loss this year. Yeah, that's that is absolutely surprising. There's only one other team with one loss this year, and that's the Philadelphia Union. So, and they're in the East. It's uh, uh, yeah. So it's impressive. Like LAFC has two losses, uh, one to us. Did we beat them? I don't. Remember. I don't even. Did we play them? 
We, we beat uh, we beat did we beat LA Galaxy? That's who we beat. Yeah, we beat LA Galaxy. That was that was the silliest of games. Yeah, that was a, a rough one. So, um, but uh, yeah, at at uh, Houston on Wednesday, I think our fate will be determined by how many starters we have in the field. Oh, for sure. If we can get most of the people out there, I, I think we have a really good chance of winning. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, it might be a little rough. We haven't seen much from our second team in MLS. We've seen them play okay when they've had some of those players in Champions League. I mean, I mean, I would say FC Dallas was pretty much what we – I mean, that was a – Yeah, it was a second team and we were terrible. No yeah. shots on goal. Yeah, we have so. Colorado four days after Houston too. So they're the next weekend. Then we get a week off. Yeah. Not a week and the, off, and, but and, a week between games. And that Charlotte. Yeah, I was supposed to be at that game. I'm pretty bummed that I'm not going to be there. And then we're hosting Charlotte, which is going to be super fun. Uh, their supporter groups are going to be coming out for the game and their first trip out to Seattle at, for a match. Uh, some of them became preseason, and I got to hang out with some of them. And they're super nice people. So I'm um, looking forward to connecting with them and just seeing a new team that we've never seen before. And they're not doing terribly either. They're ninth in the East out of 14. Charlotte. So yeah, I mean they're they're not that far out of a playoff spot. They do have seven losses, but they've won four out of their other five games. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as they can control some of those losses and turn them in a tie, they've only scored ten goals though. So that makes me feel good. Yeah, negative five goal differential, and that's the other huge thing about today is uh, we by getting three we got up to twelve goals, and now we're down to negative two goal differential. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that. Yeah, so Houston's gonna be. Definitely it dependent on the lineup. I mean I mean that goes without saying, I think, obviously, right? Like any week, but oh I almost closed my tab. That would have been scary. That would have ended our recording. <laughs> oh no. And that's the <laughs> and end that's of the, the show. Of, Bye just everybody. By itself. Um but yeah, no, uh, I think yeah, it goes without saying obviously better lineup, better better probability we'd win, but uh, in, in the state of play right now, um Man, I just I, I think he's still I think we need to push it. Uh mm. I, I think that we we know our players uh who can and, and, and can't. Maybe it's like a Ladero doesn't start. But uh, yeah, but they had they've had a lot of they've had a lot of rest. They've had a lot of rest. Right. right. He hadn't played in what'd you say, eleven days? Yeah. Most of them, right? Uh, subs here and there. Um let's check let's check how, how what is gonna be in Houston. I think we can guess. It's gonna be hot. If it's anything like New Orleans was recently, it's going to be damn hot. I, I was dying. Let me tell you, I, I, I'm kind of sad to be back in the rain here, but it was 95 or higher every day when I was in NOLA. Wednesday's 93 degrees. Hey, it's the only day with a cloud uh, a cloud over the sun great, in the daily great. forecast. So that might help. Oh. Yeah, and I, you know, just what a what a boon, what a blessing Rusnak is to have a player like that on the field for the Sounders to ha- to have a DP from another team come and and join our team and and be able to like if we don't have Nico, Rusnak steps in yep. and it's going to be amazing, and Nico can come in as a super sub. Mm-hmm. Remember when they did that with Dempsey a few times, and mm-hmm. it was insane because when you have Clint Dempsey versus tired players, he's just going to dominate. It, it, yeah, he was just playing futsal <laughs> basically just dancing yeah, around players yeah. and and oh, and Rusnak, i think that, that we can get it wrapped up here soon we've been talking for an hour but um since you mentioned my my second boy leo choose my first but Rusnak, obviously we want him to have more goals than he has right now 
an assist, but he's been key and he's been put in a position where it, you're likely not the first or second choice to get a goal, right? You're not at the end of a play. But without any more distractions, and distractions is the wrong term, but we've we've had our priorities in different in different buckets. We have one mm-hmm. bucket now. And that yeah. goes for each individual player as well. It's one game after another in MLS, and he gets to just focus on his MLS play, the players he's been playing against that he knows, right? Yeah. Teams he knows. He's Western Conference from RSL. We might get to see him start taking off, and let's take off at no better city than Houston, right? Houston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Houston, you're gonna have a problem. Well, let's let's end it with that, right? I love it. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's pull it into port. Cameron, do you have any last thoughts? Um, excited we won, and uh, as always, shout out to uh, James Willard for uh, being a part of our show. And for uh, I re I pulled up from from the ashes the Rustnack pronunciation clip mm-hmm. that we have from him and I put it out on Twitter because e- ESPN Keller obviously was the second commentator but I think that oh, I'm more, Jake Zivin Zivkin dude said Rusnak 100% of the, the whole broadcast yeah. and it was even our announcers do it even our and I don't get it because Jackson asked him how do you pronounce yeah. your name and he said Albert Rusnak he's like, I don't know what the problem is guys it's how it's yeah. spelled <laughs> Rusnak yeah. It's like albatross snack. Oh, okay. Like that—that that makes the most snack. sense to me. Too. Albatross snack. Yeah, that's literally what he I'm said in. In, in his in his let's, presser. Let's, it's albatross. Albatross. Snack. Albatross. The fish. Okay, snack. let's let's make a a two pole with an albatross eating a snack for him. Cheese it's the best. Snack. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Send in your questions for next time. Um, I don't know if it'll be after Houston or. After a game this weekend, we'll see how we're all doing through this week. Absolutely. <laughs> and also, uh, we never really do this. I don't really like doing it. Uh, self-promotion stuff, it makes me itchy. But it does It does help the show. We, yeah. we would love you know, a five-star rating. If it's a one-star, just email us. Don't hurt us. You don't need to hurt us. Do, yeah. do we, just want, we just want constructive criticism. Yeah, we love constructive criticism. But if you love us, go get us those five star ratings because that's how we get featured. That's how we get more listeners. And subscribe and, and set it, your it can keep us doing this as often as possible. You know what I mean? We, we'd love to be able to do it every match. And uh, the more ratings we get, the more popular we get, the, the easier that becomes. Anyway, man, it's been a pleasure as always. So, uh, where can they find you? You can get me at Legal Minded Punk whole in word on both twitter and instagram and you will find me on twitter a-a-r-o-n-l-a-n-g-l-e-y see everybody soon you can follow the sounder scuttlebutt podcast on twitter at ssfc scuttlebutt and for all inquiries including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time?